Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to another edition of A Winner Is You, where we always use our head and we never forget that the cake is a lie. Well, it's episode 16, and we've got a skeleton crew here today. It's just me, and it's just Drew. But that's yeah. not so bad. No. At least it's not just you. Well. That'd be, that'd be a pretty lonely podcast. We, I tried that once. Nobody wants to listen to me for however just long. Talk. It, However long it may be. We tried to do that with the DWI <laughs> podcast, and we'd do separate episodes where each one of us would specifically review, like, Raw or SmackDown. Ugh. Yeah. That was brutal. That was brutal. You don't want I that. I could see that being tough. <laughs> yeah. It's no good. There's nobody to bounce things off of, ask questions. Eh. You know. Well, luckily that is not the case today. There are two of us. We're uh, We're going to try to muddle through this. Um, it's probably going to be a slightly shorter episode, but I don't think anyone will complain too much about that. So probably not. We were due. We had some two, three hour shows. Like we could take, we can kick a short one out. That's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, especially when we're, uh, you know, we're talking something, but we get an opportunity. Yeah. We're the only ones that technically have PCs and game on PCs and we can, uh, we can nerd out without having anybody else get all butt hurt. Yep. So, so with that being the case, I'm just going to play our little playlist. And we only got one thing to talk about anyway, but we'll do it. 
Shall we play a game? Game on! Yeah, game on! Yeah, it's our new playlist song, uh, little thing there. I like it. What are we going with? Changing it up. Yeah, we'll change it up once in a while. Why not? Even though we're only in episode 16. But we're talking PCs. That's it. Talking builds. Everything we've got in our, that we've put together in the last few years, I guess, between both of us. So let's, uh, let's get right into it. recent years you have built yourself quite a pc there on your own yeah. putting it together and since then yes. have uh i wouldn't say talked me into but helped <laughs> me build the pc that i've been wanting so that i can uh alter my gaming and play on a computer as opposed to playstation or xbox or whatever and get into I, uh, you know vr gaming yeah. as well so I guided you down the path, I would say. You definitely helped. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think when this was your first PC you built, correct? Correct. Other than that, it's been over the counters, just basically laptops and stuff. I never really played games or anything on my PCs, so. Yeah, so it can be, especially when you're going into it, uh, not really knowing much, it can be super intimidating, right? When you start thinking about, like, oh, Wait, okay, I have to pick all these different components, and then I have to figure out how they all go together. So it's super intimidating when you first start thinking about doing that. Um, so, you know, I totally understand not uh, not wanting to do it. In fact, my first PC that I quote-unquote built was a, a pre-built from CyberPower PC. One of those companies where you can just pick the parts and then they build it and okay. send it out to you. Yeah. And, uh, man, was that a... That was a mess and a half. Not very good customer service. Uh, granted, this was probably 10 plus years ago. So don't quote me on that if you're looking for a CyberPower PC today. Um, you know, maybe they're better. But at that time, it was uh, it was really tough. Uh, especially since you still had to pick your parts. So there was still that, uh, that like, uh, unsure if you're picking the right parts. Like, are they actually going to be compatible? Is everything going to go together? Or are they going to let me pick parts and then just, like, bolt it all together and it won't work when it gets here um but you know and it, it ended up working out nice. but yeah uh, anyway it's it's definitely something that uh you know it can be a little intimidating when you first started looking at it um you know i think obviously knowing some of the tools that are out there with like pc part picker i think we're going to reference that quite a few times uh that's a really good tool to at least pick some components uh it really lets you just kind of go through each line of all of the different parts, it gives you all the options. Uh, it can definitely be intimidating because it literally gives you all the options. But it at least will tell you, like, hey, there's some compatibility issues here. You might want to rethink this. So that's a that's a good tool to at least get you started. Yeah, I mean, that was 100% helpful when we were building mine. And, like, this is it was basically the first time I built my own PC. I mean, I, I'll, I will reference that when I was in college and... I had done classes where you, we took apart and rebuilt the PC and had to troubleshoot, you know, components and stuff like that. 
Uh, but that was, boy, that was 2004 to somewhere in between 2004, 2008, maybe. So, uh, you know, since then, I probably hadn't dug into a computer, bef- you know, after that. So that's been 12 years, 11 years or so, yeah. at least. And, you know, I, I don't, I didn't really look at it back then, but I, I would have to imagine that it's certainly come a long way since then. And especially, you know, looking at how nice like PC part picker was when we used it, where, like you said, it, it will tell you if, if it's not compatible, you know, right. where prior to that, like you'd either have to know, or you tried it and it didn't work and go, well, shit, I got to get something different then or whatever. Cause <laughs> yep. I, I can't imagine having to do that nowadays. It'd be, that would have been so incredibly frustrating. Cause I mean, I, 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 for the most part, know how to put together the components, but putting the right ones together, I would have never known which one was compatible or why it wouldn't work versus the other. Cause that is not my specialty. It's definitely, you know, it's a, it's a jungle out there as far as PC parts, but you know, once you, once you break into it, you know, you, you go over that hump, um, it gets to be pretty easy. You know, you, you really, there's only a couple big choices you have to make. And then once you make those big choices, uh, then your the list of parts you're, you're going to choose from drop considerably. You know, you're going to, the, the big ones are, okay, am I going to go uh, AMD or am I going to go Intel? Right. That's a, that's a pretty big first decision. Um, and, but once you pick one of those two and granted, that's not necessarily always an easy decision, but uh, once you pick one, your your options are much more limited then, right? Because then you're just kind of picking within one brand, uh, effectively, which one you want. Um, but really, that kind of leads you down the path on everything, right? Because once you pick that, that limits the motherboards you would pick because the motherboards are, you know, specific to the CPU, uh, you know, and then uh, even, I guess that's pretty much it that's uh, CPU-specific, uh, but you know, then you make other big choices, right? You make, do I go NVIDIA or, uh, was it AMD? I forget. Like that company's changed names a thousand times. What's the oh. competitor now? AMD was it. And then they changed, it was ATI and then AMD. I think it's AMD now, but, uh, you can yeah, tell which AMD. side I'm on just by my yeah. unknowing of the other side. <laughs> AMD Radeon. Yeah. yeah. It was ATI for a while. And then I think AMD purchased, uh, bought them, um, and you know it's a you know that's the same AMD that I'm talking about when I'm talking about processors, but uh, that's not necessarily exclusive. So you can have an AMD processor and still use a NVIDIA graphics card. That's uh, that's fine. In fact, that's what when I get to my build, you're going to see that is perfectly <laughs> fine. But uh, and I suspect yours as well, right, Dan? I think you're uh, AMD and NVIDIA. I am. Yes, actually, yeah. I am. Yeah. That's right. So. So making the best decisions, that's that's what it is. You're making well, the right decisions. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, you want the best, and you want it to work. <laughs> yeah, and you don't but, want to spend a billion dollars. So Right. I mean, and when you're, like, what I... You mentioned, you know, you're looking at... You want to look at... The big things are basically you're looking at what processor you want. Yep. Um, like your video card and what else would be probably the next important thing if you're looking to uh, build or buy? Is it processor, maybe. graphics card, and your, I don't know if your motherboard is really as important. 
Uh, I mean, or I would more say your memory. I think. No, I mean, I really think the next decision is uh, it, obviously motherboard, but what goes along with that is case, right? And it it really isn't like a specific case, but it's what size case are you going for? Uh, there's all different sizes out there now. You can get a full tower, mid tower. You can go ATX mini. Uh, they have ones out there that are just like, it looks like a cube. Uh, you, they have some crazy cases now where you can build these things caseless and all the components are pretty much just sitting out in the open for you to see. So sounds like fun. Yeah, it's, well, it's super fun until they get all dusty, right? And then you touch it and it sparks. So yeah, keep it away from, you know, your pets and, you know, young children and geez, (laughs) I can't even imagine. Um, But, you know, I think, I think that's one of the next big ones. Because uh, that, that really, you know, defines your form. Well, right. At uh, that kind of, you know, depending on what you're trying to put in there, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. depend on, you know, is it going to fit? You know, what kind of, what size case do you want to have? If You know, if the yeah. stuff's not going to fit, then yep. you're stuck. Yeah, so it's kind of chicken and egg, right? So if you have a bunch of components you want, and specifically, then you pick those first, and then you pick a case that fits them. Um, but I think most people that are looking to build their own computer, they, they probably fall into two camps. Either they're just kind of techie people who uh, just want to kind of save some money and build their own thing and say that they built something, but they maybe don't care as much about the aesthetics, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but then you have the other camp, which it's it's all about aesthetics, right? Like that's the whole RGB thing. That's the whole all these cases that are all crazy. Like you're you want to make a statement by having this thing sit next to you or behind you or in front of you or wherever it's going to sit. Um, that's, you know, that's another camp. It's you know, people who are like, this is, I built this thing and I'm going to show it off and it's going to be glowing <laughs> in the dark, you know? So yeah. it's going to be creepy as hell. Like I might've mentioned earlier and I may mention again, but mine, but it's, and it, yeah, it depends on what kind of PC you're going for. You know, are you, are you looking, what are you looking at? Are you trying to do gaming? Are you looking at something that's just, I want to be able to search the internet and work on my spreadsheets and it's more for business or whatever, you know, you may be able to get away with something smaller and different, you know, obviously you're going to be going towards different components cause you're not looking to spend a ton of money mm-hmm. or, you know, you might go with this giant case because you want all this shit in there. Cause you're, you know, you're looking to do gaming and, and use it for bigger things so it it really all depends on on what you're trying to do. I mean, you know, there's a lot of them, you know, commercial ones off the shelves that you can get that may be able to do what you want. But I think ultimately, if you look, you know, at building your own, if you're comfortable enough doing it, I think you can definitely save a good amount of money doing it yourself, you know, and setting it up because buying the pieces together, I mean, obviously you're getting charged you know, if you go into the store, you're getting charged for someone to build it for you to, you know, make sure it works. And then another company oh. who's going to sell it to you. So you're getting probably double markup and all that kind of stuff, too. So here you could just buy the components themselves. And, you know, I I know I've had ex- I had experience doing it, but like, really, it was it had been, you know, at least 12 years. And I mean, there's enough instructions that you can look up on online if you want to that. It is not very difficult to put together yourself. Right. 
It's really not. It's, you know, it's one of those things. It's, I almost equate it to Legos. You know, it's, it's really just plug and play. And you can just, it's literally, you get these connectors and there's kind of only one place it can go. Right. Once you, especially like if you take the motherboard and you start looking around the motherboard, uh, it can be super intimidating when you first start looking at it. You have all of these little PC parts all over the place. You have a bunch of shielding over here. And, but really, once you start looking at the components and you start looking at the motherboard, you pretty quickly can say, okay, well, that's, that's where the CPU goes. That's a big, big square with a bunch of holes in it. And yeah, I have this piece that's a big square with a bunch of pegs on it. I bet you those go together. Um, and then, you know, the same with the memory. Like, okay, I have a big stick that's about this size that goes into these little clips. Uh, and then, you know, the power itself as well. It's like, I have this block of 24 pins. Oh, there's a little receptacle with 24 pins. I bet you it goes there. You know, so it's, there's, it gets to be pretty easy. Uh, I would say, you know, each build is a little different. You always end up with something where it's like, oh, where, where exactly does this go? Um, like, I think on my most recent one, uh, the previous ones didn't have an extra, the extra PC power, where there's a, an extra little four. It's either four or six. I'm trying to look. It's either four oh. or six pin up by the CPU. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an eight my, and four, my I think. I think it's what? an eight and four what? pin. Yeah. Eight, a four and four, so an eight. So yeah, you, is that what it is? yeah. So I think you're missing a four then. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. What, I, what, it was not that I was missing it. I just didn't see it. You know, oh. so because I hadn't plugged it, I hadn't had to do that on the previous one. So, um, but anyway, so I had missed it and then went to go turn it on and it didn't post. And I'll tell you, folks, when you put your PC together and you turn it on, uh, one of the big things you need to do is plug in your little speaker into the correct pins. And we'll get to the freaking header bar in a second because that's the worst laid out thing in the world. That's the one part where it's going to give you problems is trying to figure out that little header. But, uh, once once you, you you plug in a little speaker there because when you hit the power button you want to hear a beep and if you don't hear that beep you got problems and i didn't hear that beep and i tell you when you when you just spent quite a bit of money on all these parts and you hit that power button and it doesn't turn on that is not fun not fun at all yeah i had the same problem mine was i yeah turned it on and i got I didn't put the speaker in. I just turned it on, and it seemed to power up, but mm-hmm. it wasn't reading. I think it was the graphics card that got me, where there was two power plugs that were supposed to go into it, and I uh, okay. But you needed to use separate cords as opposed to the one that had two on it. And I tried to use that as a combination, and you couldn't. You had to do two separate power connectors to get the uh, graphics card to work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I use the same strand, the same string. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, so that must have been because of your power supply. It only sent power to one or the other? Okay. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah, it sent power and it didn't... Yeah, it wasn't enough through one to power... I guess I was supposed to plug them in separately. I didn't even realize that. Gotcha. Yeah, I could see that being a problem. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was fun when i checked everything else and thought it was the i thought it was the uh, processor and i so i went and exchanged the processor and was still having the problem and i'm like oh shit i'm like what the hell did i do mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's that's not fun. <laughs> but so let's get into uh, the components that we have in there, and then we can. Uh, what was the other part? We we're going to talk about booting it up, and getting into the header, and all that stuff afterwards. That sounds like a good idea. All right. So, PC Part Picker, I know we referenced it earlier. Uh, that mm-hmm. was kind of the place where you, you know, directed me and helped me build mine. And what was nice about that one is you can kind of save your builds, you can save components, save favorites. You know, as you go through this growing list of different components that you can use, it's all listed in there, which is really nice. Yeah, it's it's really cool. You when you first open it up, you know, you go to System Builder, and you can see there's just a big a big list. Just and it's not even that big. It's about you know fifteen twenty things along the left side, and it says you know CPU, and they give you a big button that says choose a CPU, and you click it, and you can go and look through the entire list of CPUs and pick one. Uh, same thing for CPU cooler, motherboard, memory. Down the list, you can just click, 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 start adding things in. And what's really nice is they have it tied into all of the prominent PC retailers. So, you know, Amazon, Newegg, uh, a couple other ones around. And they give you prices. So you can actually see what the current price for some of these parts are, uh, as well as giving you a kind of a star re- you know, rating. Uh, and I don't know if it's necessarily based on reviews. I think it is. Uh, but based on reviews that people have left for the specific part, uh, you can, I think, read a few, read through some of the reviews. Uh, so it kind of gets you in, in, you know, if you're going in completely cold, at least it's a good place to start where you can say, okay, let's just sort this by rating, right, and see what has the best star rating. Uh, and, you know, that, that might not be the one you want to pick, right, at the very top because there's other considerations. Um, but at least we'll give you, it's a good place to start. And... And really, what's uh, what's helpful as well is all the filters they have. So, you know, along the left side, they have a ton of filters. And, you know, for CPU, like I was saying, if you're picking AMD or Intel, that's a good first filter. And just start sorting that way right away. Uh, and then then you can just start sorting and filtering, and you, you'll eventually get down to one that kind of fits the bill and add it to your list. And, and it's just it's nice because it keeps track of it all, right? So you can see... As you add things, it keeps a history of what you've been adding and removing. Uh, and then what's really nice is it there's a unique URL that you can save for that system. Uh, so if you wanted to send it to a friend or if you wanted to save it, you know, obviously there's a login. You can save things and things like that. But there's a unique URL that gets created. So you just select, you know, copy that URL, and then you can just save that. And anytime you want to come back to your build, you just go to that URL, and you're right back into where you left it. So that's pretty slick. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a better. Maybe there is one out there, and if you know one, you know, at a winner is you on Twitter, you know, for, yeah. to, to tell us. But I mean, I couldn't think of a better place to to start, you know, and put together a build for a PC than this site because of all that stuff you just mentioned. And you know, as you're kind of creating a a build, you know, you can save parts to a list, but you can also create a build and. Um, you know, it basically goes down the list for you for the most part. It tells you, you know, okay, you're going to need a CPU, you're going to need a motherboard, you know, and then you can, okay, I got to go in there and I got to put something into this thing. And it, you know, there may be some you want to, you know, you don't necessarily need to 
actually get you know they make they'll put monitor on there i think and like an operating system which maybe you already have some of this stuff but it'll kind of tell you you know this is what you're going to need to actually get a pc to to work <laughs> so you know you know hey i got to fill in this spot fill in this spot fill in this spot and you can just kind of go down the line and you know you'll kind of have everything once you get to the end that you're going to need and then you know you can see what your price is and you know tinker around from there where you want to save some money or you know upgrade or find something you you'd rather have so for my uh starting and uh, the cpu that i picked and you know we mentioned amds mine is an amd ryzen 7 the 2700x mm-hmm. Eight core processor is the one we went with for mine. It's pretty nice. I like it. I haven't had any problems since. It's three point seven gigahertz. Uh, it's a that's a great processor. You know, you know. I think still today it's it's one of the top ones out there. I mean, obviously not the top, right? There's a thirty there's a thirty seven hundred series now for AMD. Um, so it's obviously not the highest. I think there's a 3900 series actually is the highest. Sure. But yeah, really, uh, the 2700X, it's that's a fantastic CPU, especially like you built this, what, two years ago, right? A year and a half ago, something like Probably that? a year and a half, maybe. Maybe. So, you know, realistically, it was, I think that was one of the top CPUs at the time. Uh, and it's just a great, it's a great CPU. Uh, I'm just looking at the ratings right now. In all of AMD, it is the fifth highest rated processor. Nice. Right. And the only things that, sorry, fourth highest. And it's the, the only things that beat it are the newer ones, you know, 3,700, 3,900. Uh, there's a 3,600 in there. Uh, and, you know, I think it's that's a fantastic CPU, and I think really that's a good rule of thumb. So for for anybody who's going to try to use this as a guide on what you should buy, uh, the first thing to think about is the CPU for sure. And what I would recommend is go with the best CPU that you can afford. I think that's the one thing that is the biggest pain in the butt to change out later. You know, obviously the motherboard will follow. So the, the motherboard and CPU kind of come as a pair. But I would say those are the biggest pain in the, the butt things to fill out, to change out later. Uh, you know, don't don't waste your money on a graphics card. Like, obviously, that's important, and you should try to get a good one. But if you're going to spend your money, spend it on a good processor. Because, you know, five years from now, you know, or three years from now, Dan, this processor will still be just fine. Right. And you'll be able to go up to whatever the highest uh, uh, video card is at that time. And more than likely, you'll be able to use the same processor and motherboard. Uh, Granted, you might not be able to get all of the benefits of that new process, that new video card, but you'll be fine. Um, You know, if if instead you said, okay, I'm going to get the top of the line video card, but I'm going to kind of downgrade on the processor. It's just not the way to go. Video cards are so easy to change out. And, you know, when you do change it out, you can sell off the old one. I think really that's the way to go. Just get the biggest processor you can. Yeah. And those are, yeah, like you said, those are easy to, you know, as you open the case, you know, the 
video cards right there. It's easy to pop out, and I think you could still get a good price when you try and sell those. And really, mm-hmm. the CPUs aren't horribly expensive. Even like this one, like I said, it's the fifth best one, and it was two hundred bucks. I mean, it, you know, that's not crazy when you're looking at the prices for the different you know components that you're gonna uh, need. So. Yeah, it's not bad at all for a pretty awesome CPU. For sure, I guess that's what I would recommend. I mean, right now it's it's tough to it's tough to tell you to go and buy the thirty nine hundred or thirty nine fifty X, right? Because that's a a seven hundred dollar CPU. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. outside of people's range. It's outside of my range for sure. Yeah. Um. So you know it. When I say get the best CPU, I say get the best CPU you can afford. Um, and I think, you know, along those lines, I think typically AMD is going to be a little bit cheaper than Intel. Uh, you know, the, a similarly uh, kind of sized or uh, performant CPU in Intel is probably going to be 50 to about 50% higher than what the AMD would be, somewhere between 25 and 50%. So... You know, if you're a little uh, cost conscious, you know, AMD is a good good way to go. And I, I'd, I'd say even if you're not cost conscious, AMD has excellent CPUs. Um, but that's going that's speaking as somebody who's really almost exclusively used AMD. So I don't have a ton of experience with Intel. I mean, I've previous computers that I've had are have mostly been Intel processors, and I never had a problem with them or anything. I think the only two PCs I've had that I've really kind of used for gaming or for multimedia have had amd processors in them i know way back in the day i think amd was more built to be for processors for gaming or for more multimedia stuff and intel was more the the powerhouse for doing all your other stuff your business and your you know everything else but i mean amd is definitely come a long way since then and they're you know they're pretty much I, I don't see any big difference between AMD and Intel anymore. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they're still cheaper is, is pretty awesome and, and crazy. Um, it's really surprising to me that Intel would still be higher priced, but they are. So, I mean, I would, I definitely sway towards the AMDs because they, they're still a great processor. I've never had a problem with it on this PC since, and I love it and I can do everything I want to do with that processor. So, yeah, I mean, I really think Ryzen was a huge game changer for AMD. Uh, you know, before that was the FX series, uh, and there might even have been something in between. But uh, really, at, this was probably six to seven years ago, six years ago. But at that time, AMD was cheaper and had similarly performant CPUs. Uh, but they, they were definitely maybe a little bit under Intel at the time. But they were cheaper and the real downfall to them was they were power hungry. Those FX series CPUs, like they require, it's like 150 Watts or something like that. It was nuts. Mm. Uh, you know, compared to a comparable Intel CPU, which would have been, you know, in the 65 to 80 Watt range, you know, it was like almost double, uh, the amount of wattage, which really at that time mattered because when you were talking about a power supply, you, there weren't all the options that there are today. Like there were, but they were expensive, right? And you really had to be careful about getting a really high, more higher powered CPU uh, 
and when I say power, I mean like literally the amount of power it uses, uh, not necessarily the core clock or anything. So, you know, but that's, this is a problem of, like I said, six or seven years ago. Uh, recently, I would say within the past four years, like four years ago, the Ryzen's came out somewhere around there, four or five. Um, and that was just a game changer for AMD. They brought out these Ryzen series uh, processors and all of a sudden they were much more efficient as from a power perspective. They had really good core speeds. Uh, they had, you know, really good core counts. And they all of a sudden were competing directly against these Intel uh, processors and were way cheaper. So it was that was a big game changer for sure. Nice. Uh, do you want to talk your CPU or do we go through my whole build first? Uh, so yeah, I would say you know let's I'll I'll talk about my CPU. Uh, it's not it's not going to be a huge surprise. It's not too much different than yours. It's a 1700X, so just one generation older than what you had. Uh, you know, still a, a good CPU. Um, I think we didn't really talk about what the X meant in that, and you, you got the 2700X, yeah. I got the 1700X. Uh, what the X means is it was it's binned differently, and uh, basically what that means is they, when AMD goes and produces a bunch of processors, they run tests on all these processors. And so they... For the 1700 series, which is what I have, they they build a bunch of 1700s, and then they run some tests, and they they pick out uh, the ones that tested the highest, and they put those in a separate bin and call those the 1700X. So it's not like it's necessarily a different architecture or even a different CPU than uh, the 1700, uh, but it's just the ones that were that tested out at slightly higher clock speeds and slightly higher, uh, you know, performance. So I think you and I both chose the X versions uh, because, yep. you know, at least when we were looking at it, the the price difference wasn't terrible. You know, it's usually between ten and twenty dollars, uh, maybe fifty dollars at the most, and you know you're getting a you're getting a better processor. Uh, you're it's always a risk whenever you buy any PC part that you know it it'll come and and you know it'll it won't last as long as you were hoping. So I think uh, for us the Ten twenty dollars was worth it to to bump up to the, at least the the higher portion of the series. Right? Yeah, and I mean, like like you said, you know, you don't want to necessarily skimp out on your processor. So, you know, if you spend a couple extra bucks to get one that you kind of know is is working a little better, I think it's worth a couple extra bucks. You know, yeah, you can time. save that money somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if it's going to cost you an extra ten or twenty dollars. Uh, I guarantee you can find ten or twenty dollars in uh, plenty of other stuff. Skip that right? trip to so. McDonald's or something. I don't know <laughs> something. I mean, even it. if even in your PC build, right? I mean, oh, yeah, ten or twenty dollars. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you're looking at uh, uh, an SSD, you know, buy a Crucial instead of a Samsung, and that's going to save you fifty bucks right there. And right. you're probably not going to see that much of a difference, right? So, and I, we can talk about uh, storage later, but I think you can find ten or twenty dollars to get yourself into a slightly better PC, a CPU. Agreed, agreed. It was definitely worth it. Uh, next up on my list is CPU cooler. As I just go down the row here, yeah. I went with the my brand was the Deep Cool. It was the G A M M A X X. And I don't think the X is mean on ah. this one, the same thing as it meant on the <laughs> processor. But uh, it was a good one. It, you know, 
I have fan speed for this one is between 500 and 1500 RPMs. And I thought a pretty low noise level as far as that goes. Um, as you know, these, you know, we, we talked about, you know, this is, you know, fans as opposed to water coolers and stuff like that. You know, this yeah. is, you know, it potentially could be louder, but, uh, you know, this, I can't even tell that it's spinning when I, you know, have this thing going right next to me. And basically besides that, the main reason I bought this thing was because of RGB and this yep. has RGB <laughs> abilities where the fan and the top portion of it will, uh, will illuminate with their, uh, RGBs based on how you have your settings set up. So, uh, as we'll, we'll listen to during my build, that is a big factor <laughs> in the things that I bought and why I bought them. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely you know uh, I remember that when you were going through your build, like it was oh does it have ASUS uh, what was it R yeah or the, whatever ASUS R- ROG or... the ROG R- yeah. yeah ROG whatever I mean that you know, that's definitely you know that helps you make a decision right if you decide right out the gate that there's a proprietary rgb style that you want to do hey that's going to limit your choices and that might not necessarily be a bad thing because there's so many choices out there um and you know like you were saying with with cpu coolers the big decision point is liquid or air and i think you and i both went with air uh i have the noctua nhu 12 s uh if anybody's looking at uh pc parts uh you'll know the noctua it's the brown and beige fans <laughs> that Ooh, not the prettiest are, uh, of fans <laughs> not the prettiest of fans but they are definitely one of the most highest rated uh fans in the industry and you know, i think they they go with that color scheme with a purpose right it's definitely branding uh if you see a brown and beige fan you know it's a noctua <laughs> and uh, it, but it is not RGB, right? This is not uh, a sleek black or you know clear fan that uh, has all sorts of lights on it. It is, it's brown and beige. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's not pretty. You're going for uh, you're going for power. Does it you know? And it works. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but you had a good point, right? So usually with fans, uh, they the reason you would potentially choose liquid over fan cooled is because the the noise. Um, even though on a liquid cooled, you will have a radiator somewhere on your machine. Uh, typically, you know, you're going to mount that on the top and you're going to already have case fans up there, whether you go with liquid or not. So you're not, at, you're not actually adding any fans necessarily, uh, to go to liquid. Uh, whereas obviously with the air cooled, you are, um, and I think really the, the thing that, that happens with fans is the bigger the fan uh, and that's bigger diameter wise, uh, the slower it can turn, the more air it can move, the quieter it is. Uh, so, you know, typically with an air cooled system, everything's just going to be bigger because you need to have bigger fans because you don't want these tiny, you know, 90 millimeter or even 45 millimeter fans that are running like a turbo in a diesel truck, right? Like you want, you know, these big wide sweeping fans. Uh, like I think, in one of my previous builds, I had a 240 millimeter fan sitting on the the, the side of it. It was basically Jeez. might as well just put a box fan hanging off the side. <laughs> um, but man, you know, it was quiet because it didn't have to spin at thousands of RPM. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe it spanned at a thousand rather than what you were saying, 1500 to 2000. So uh, the typical fans you'll see are the 120 millimeter size. That's if you just search a computer fan on Google, that's what's going to come up. Uh, but really, it. it the point is like that makes everything a little bit bigger, right? So 
Uh, this is another case that's going to maybe dictate what uh, what case you actually end up in, right? What form factor your PC is going to be uh, is really going to be dependent on a couple of things, and, and this might be one of them, uh, especially with the orientation of where a CPU is. You know, typically on a case, the motherboard sits right on the back wall vertically. You have the uh, CPU bolted somewhere in the middle-ish of it, and then this huge heat pipe hanging out the front of it, right? So... My my uh my radiator or not radiator my fan sticks out probably two inches further past my graphics card. Yeah. Right. So I need to have a fan a case that's wide enough to be able to accept that. Um. You know. Granted, they have ones that are the fans turn ninety degrees and it kind of blows toward the uh the motherboard rather than perpendicular to it. But it's it's all personal preference at that point. And really, if you're looking for the best performance it's going to be at the cost of size. It's going to be a big mother thing. <laughs> big mother. And it's going to dictate your case. Thing. And, you know, like you said, it dictates, you know, what kind of case you want to get, how, you know, how big, you know, if you get a bigger case, you have the opportunity to have it a little bit quieter. You know, mm-hmm. you could spread that air around a little easier, but mine's the same way. Uh, don't know how much, but it's definitely the one that sticks out the most is, is the fan <laughs> for sure. Uh, definitely dictated which case I ended up getting because I did was debating between a couple and one of them it basically wouldn't have fit so it really helped narrow down my choice that's for sure motherboards motherboards next on my list so as we mentioned the Asus uh, RGB issue that I had decided to you know delve into my motherboard is an Asus ROG Strix X470-F. It is a gaming motherboard. Um, I, it's been pretty awesome. I know when we were going through mine, we we kind of debated between two. Um, the 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 down the only bad side to mine, I think, was a couple less uh, USB slots. I think that was the biggest issue with mine. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, can't go wrong with this one. It worked. It's it's amazing. If you're, you know, looking for doing that fancy thing with RGB, uh, this Asus thing made it really easy because it was all, you know, if you, you kind of stick to that type of manufacturer, if you stick with the same kind of things, it was it made it so nice to just sync everything together. So, yep. One of the, I guess that was kind of the driving force between the two we were choosing between when when it came to mind was that this was a lot easier with RGB and. <laughs> to get the fancy colors that I wanted. Uh, still nothing against the motherboard. It's still an awesome motherboard, so don't let it shy away from you. Um, yep. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a really good one. You know, and with with motherboards, it's always difficult because you're. it's really hard to try to understand exactly why you should get one versus the other. Um. You know, because typically you're going to be kind of locked into at least a, at least a version of motherboards based on what processor you go with, right? Because it's all based on the socket that's actually in the motherboard. Can that socket fit the uh, the processor that you have? So you're going to be kind of limited in that way. But then once you once you get down to that level, now it's like, okay, well, what what's really going to cause me to get this one versus that one? 
Um, and you know, for you, it was slightly easier because you had to choose like, oh, well, I want one with the this uh, ASUS RGB thing. Um, yep. So that kind of helped, right? It, for for me, I really wasn't super interested in RGB. Uh, when I built mine, it was right before the, uh, the RGB kind of took off as a, I don't know if it's a fad or just a kind of what people liked. Hey, so it's not a fad, man. Not, <laughs> <laughs> considering now, it's all all the pictures you see of PCs are like sleek black, no no lights. I'm sure it wasn't a fad. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so for me, what it I think what it comes down to is definitely the I/O. Right. So the backside, what does it have? Does it, you know, what USB ports does it have? Uh, does it have, you know, uh, does it have old school uh, mouse and keyboard plugs in plugins if that's something you need? Uh, does it have mine does? <laughs> I'm looking at it. Mine does. <laughs> mine does too. I don't think those things are ever going to fall off. I don't oh know why. Um, does it have any onboard graphics if you are going to need that for anything? Uh, does it, you know, obviously Ethernet ports are important. Uh, there's a lot of motherboards that have Wi-Fi built right into them uh, with actually, you know, uh, antennas coming out the back. Uh, is USB-C something that you want? Uh, how many USB ports do you want? And then I'd say the last thing would be uh, audio options, right? Do you just want a headphone jack coming out the back or do you want the full surround sound uh, you know, all of the different options coming out the back. Well, and also, and, you know, you yeah. got to think about, you know, what else, what other type of peripherals are you going to have in this thing? Are you going to get, you know, are you doing this more for gaming? Are you going to put a video card in, you know, mm-hmm. video cards going to have a few more, you know, you're going to be using that for your, you know, inputs for your monitors, whereas you might not use what's on the back of this, of the motherboard initially, or, um, you know, what kind of, like you said, well, some of them have built-in Wi-Fi, some of them may not, where you have to put a Wi-Fi card in there. Um, you know, it's Bluetooth something. I think I, I know there's a good handful of them that have Bluetooth built in as well that you can do that option. So uh, definitely things to look at, you know, as you're picking your motherboard, you know, is what other, what other peripherals, what other components are you putting in here that you may be yeah. using instead of this too? Yeah, so I don't I don't think I even mentioned the one I have. It's a it's a Gigabyte GAAX three seventy uh, gaming K seven. Uh, you know the names they the marketing people love the names on these things. <laughs> I tell you, yeah. um, no, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's a it's a pretty standard motherboard. It does have some RGB on it, uh, but it's not to the extent that yours is. You know, has some lights. I think you can change the color between, I think, a couple different colors. It's by no means uh, infinite, um, but it's it's more of just a, like a little, a small, a slight glow. Um, and really, for my machine, it's I just leave it at orange. That's that's my color. Yours is blue and green, mine is orange. Uh, so everything just always sits at this nice orange glow. My lights have a, or my sorry, my fans have a just an orange ring around them. Uh, that's the extent of the RGB. So there's nothing <laughs> crazy, and that's it. Uh, but that's the one I went with. I think the the other big thing that you need to take a look at when you're deciding to pick uh, your motherboard, uh, again, we're going to get to form factor. Are you going to go full ATX? Are you going to go mini ATX? Uh, you know, uh, I think there might even be some other uh, options out there. But really, it's... It, the full ATX, if you're going for a gaming computer, uh, you're probably going to end up in that full ATX 
uh, realm. And the reason I say that is because it has it's the number of ATX ports that it has. Uh, so mine has, thir- has three 16-pin ports. Uh, and those 16-pin ports are what you need to plug in things like video cards and other more high-powered accessories. Uh, and it, mine has three ATX ports and then – or 16 uh, – Port XP, AP, ATX ports, and then it has, I think, three of the they, the eight pin or whatever the four pin, whatever the smaller ones are, uh, and those those four pins are more thing more for things like if you're getting a, an extra audio card or you're getting a Wi-Fi card or anything like that. That's what would accept those things. Um, and then, man, the one thing I I've still yet to understand completely is the number of lanes, and that has to do with. I'm not sure if that's based on what the CPU pick or if it's based solely on the motherboard, uh, but there's definitely a, a number out there. And if you're if you're in the market, this might be something worth uh, looking into. But it's the number of lanes that connect your ATX slots to your PC, your CPU, because uh, that'll dictate how many graphics cards you can have. So you might have three, like in my case, I have three of those 16-port ATX ports, uh, but I think I can only use one or two of them at a time or only one is the full 16 at a time. And the other one is only limited to eight. Right. So this is something that it's definitely still something that I don't even fully understand. Um, Dan, you might have something to add here, but it's, it's something to look into and just be aware of when you're picking motherboards, Uh, especially if you're looking to go for a dual uh, video card setup, uh, something where you're going to have, you know, a dual video card, um, you might not be able to use all of the all of those ports. So just that keep was, that in mind. Yeah, that was going to be the one part of it I mentioned. Is I, yeah, I'm not sure about the lanes exactly either, but I can tell you, depending on the video card you get, that that video card is probably going to cover up uh, one of those other open slots uh, that you have. So you're not going to be able to use it anyway, uh, depending on what you get. So yeah. keep that in mind as well. Um, another thing to look at that's i guess well, was fairly new to me was the the m2 slots for your memory which you can plug yes. directly into your motherboards which was pretty cool as opposed to having a you know a, a actual solid state hard drive or a, you know or a regular hard disk drive you know attached to your power and, and plugged into uh your sata drive you can have these m2 cards which is just like Jeez, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like this, just a thin. It's just a PC board. Yeah, it's just it's so nice, and you can get ones that have a terabyte of data. You know, uh, you know, in there that doesn't take up a lot of extra space. You know, you don't have to Mm -hmm. you know use one of your uh, SATA ports for it. You don't have to have a big block of hard drive sitting in there somewhere else. You can have this thing attached right to your motherboard. It's super fast, and it's. It's awesome. That was what the first thing I bought was one of those uh, to go mm-hmm. in there, and it's it's great. Yeah, and they're not much more expensive. Yeah, it's especially nice because they don't eat up one of your normal SSD ports, right? So it's so what I use mine for. I have I have one of those M2 slots, and I have a 500 gig SSD sitting there, and that's my boot drive, and that's pretty much all that's on it. Uh, so that means any other. Uh, hard drive or SSD I choose to plug in. That's just for other things, you know, for maybe I'm going to load games onto it or pictures or videos or movies or whatever. Um, but it's, it, 
the only thing sitting on this one is a boot drive. And uh, if there's anybody out there that still has their boot drive on a hard disk and you're listening to us, uh, stop it. <laughs> like, get an SSD. Uh, I realize they can be expensive. The prices are really coming down. Um, they're much more reasonably priced now. If you're still waiting minutes to for your computer to start up, uh, it's time. It's time to upgrade. I'm trying to upgrade, my friend. You need to get an SSD because uh, you know it's 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 a game changer when your computer can log in, at, you know, boot up and log in in under 30 seconds. It's it's so much nicer, and it's one of those things where you'll just never go back. Well, you know. I think about that every day when I have to turn on my work laptop, decides it needs to restart because of an update yeah. or something or something didn't work and I have to turn it off, turn it back on. And I have to sit mm-hmm. there and wait for God knows how long for it to restart, log in and wait for it to boot up all its shit and finally be able to get going when I could, yeah, turn on my PC, my, you know, this one that I built and in, yeah. 30 seconds i'm in and i'm ready to go uh and you know what i just realized i was calling those atx ports they're pci express ports i apologize oh. i think i said atx ports about a thousand times you had atx on so. the mind i mean <laughs> i did uh pci express ports is what i was going for yeah. so uh, and... just rewind about five minutes and every time <laughs> i say atx just replace it with pci express and it'll be good Sadly, <laughs> i knew what you were talking about and i didn't even pay attention to it I'm like, oh, yeah, I, have, I have three of those as well you know no problem yeah <laughs> so but yeah uh, the the m2 port is huge uh the io in the back is huge Really, the motherboard I still I think is still uh, even for you know I've built three computers now uh, you've you've built one I think it's even for the both of us you know we still I think our motherboards are a little bit of an enigma that you kind of just have to have a feel for it and um, you know I don't think you're you're not going to run into too many issues right as long as you buy a motherboard that has the correct um, socket for your PC for your CPU uh, you're going to be okay. It's it's really it just it could limit the options you have to plug in other things. Uh, you know, I think the one big thing we missed missed is like a number of memory slots, right? And how much memory it can uh, hold. You know, there's definitely some motherboard that is definitely uh, sanctioned by the motherboard. So some only have two slots, and you can only put 32 gigs in there. Some have four slots, and you can put up to 64 gigs. Uh, some have eight slots, and you can put up to you know as many as you want. I think at some point it's limited by the CPU, but uh, that's the other thing to pay attention to is how many memory slots it has and how much memory you can actually put in there. Yeah, I know that's definitely a big one. I mean, it kind of yeah, this is one I think you have to think about the most really because mm-hmm. yeah, you can initially you can narrow it down based on the processor you're going to put in there. So then you know, okay, I have to go with this one, the socket one. But then yeah, you got to look at how much memory can I fit that I want. Do I want and can I get in there? And if I'm going to expand, do I have the ability, you know, those PCI slots? I think in general, you're probably going to be okay no matter which one you get. Yeah. Depending on what you're going to want to do. And I think all the new ones now are going to have that M2 slot, which is going to be nice. Um, and then it, yeah, it comes down to also the back of, you know, what other stuff are you going to have plugged in? Like for one that we were looking at when we were kind of narrowed it down to the end was, a big factor was well for me was the RGB, but uh, you know you know USB inputs. You know that's a, that's a big one, and I think I, you know, 
sacrificed the the RGB for a couple extra USB ports because this one has one, two, three, four, five, mm. six, seven in total, uh, with five of them being USB 3.0s. And I think the initial one, the other one we looked at had like nine or ten. So, you know, I think, you know, now that I plugged everything in and looking back on it with the extra things I've plugged in since then with, you know, podcasting and stuff, probably could have used an extra USB port or two, honestly. So it would have been nice to have that, you know, but, you know, you may yeah. do, you can, you know, you can add some different things and, and stuff to, to make it work, but it would have been nice to have a couple extra USB ports in that sense. So think about that as well when you're you're putting this thing together is, you know, all the different external things you're going to have to plug in. You know, are you going to have a camera, you know, camera, microphone, any charging, you know, USB chargers. I mean, you can add a, you know, one, you know, an external USB hub or something too, obviously. But if you don't want to mm-hmm. do something like that, then you certainly want to think about everything that's going to get plugged into there. Yeah, I would say that's, you're, you're, you're right on. I think, uh, you know, I'm obviously, I'm happy with the one I got because I have 10 USB ports in the back, which Whoa, is big man <laughs> plus a USB C. So, oh yeah, that's uh, pretty, yep. USB C has, I'm pretty happy with that. And then, um, the other thing I think you do want to double check is so whatever case you're going to get, if the case has USB 3.0 in the case, mm-hmm. so really like on the front, make sure the piece, uh, the motherboard that you buy has a 3.0 header, a USB 3.0 header. So it's a that's a special header that's different than the normal USB 2. Um, and those are the USB 3 is the blue, uh, the blue ports, the ones that you know look like regular eight USB, but they have blue inside of them. Those are the USB 3.0, and they have they have a couple extra pins in there. And you need a separate header, a specific header for the USB 3.0 if your case has that. So just keep that in mind. Yep. Uh, next on the list. Hold on. Oh, we forgot to talk about Uh-oh, the actual headers. The freaking case header. Oh, we, oh yeah. That's on the motherboard, isn't it? Let's talk about that case header. You, you mentioned it for a second there for getting I the did. USB 3.0. But there's a little. Uh, well, so I mentioned that. the USB three header, so that's on its own. But there, so anybody who's built a computer before will know what I'm talking about, even though I'm probably not calling it the exact right thing. But it's the, it's where you plug in all of the stuff that's coming from your case. So, uh, where your power button from your case that kind of plugs in the reset button, uh, the speaker that I talked about earlier. Uh, there's a couple other things in there. With the might that's be pretty much audio. it. There's a couple it might be the there. headphones and the audio jack, I think, is one of them, too. Yeah, um, yeah that's probably it. But... Anyway, so this is fans. one of the most frustrating things, <laughs> and uh, it's definitely something that certain uh, motherboard manufacturers have done better with than others. Uh, so, for instance, mine, it they don't really give you a lot of information about specifically which pins go to what uh, what stuff is coming from your case. Uh, so this is definitely a place where you are going to spend a little bit of time trying to read the tiniest text that you can see that's surrounding this little header on the motherboard or breaking out the manual and trying to find it in there. Um, and then depending on which case you have, uh, typically it's kind of written on the side of the little wire that's coming out, but the wire, it's literally just one or two wires stranded together and you're trying to plug them into the exact right spot. Uh, so I think, I think what, 
Like if people are intimidated about building a PC, I think this is what they think everything about building a PC is. And it's, it's not, it's just this one little section. That's a kind of a pain in the butt. Um, but just be aware that, you know, if, if it's something that it shouldn't be something, it shouldn't be something that you're ultra scared about. Uh, but if, if it just so happens that you find a motherboard supplier and you've picked the motherboard for other reasons, and all of a sudden they have a little adapter that's perfect for this. I can't remember if it's actually the motherboard or the case suppliers that actually provide these adapters every once in a while. Um, but uh, every once in a while you see a little adapter where it's all very clearly laid out. You just plug these things in here and you plug this whole thing right into the motherboard and it just works. So keep an eye out for that stuff. It's it, they're few and far between. Uh, but it's a ni- it's kind of a nice surprise when all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know what? That's nice. I'm going to use that. It's going to be great. That sounds <laughs> genius. Where yeah. was the, Where was that? Because <clears throat> I had that same problem. I mean, if you like, you have to use the manual. You have to use you know, like I had on my my case, you know, the little pins you know, that were a part of it. You know, had it written on there like PW or PS for power supply or or power button. I forget what it said. Po- I think it just said power, and then you know, each little thing had a little initial on it so i could guide it but i couldn't read the freaking i couldn't read it on the actual motherboard so i pulled out the you know manual that had it listed and basically just had to try and count the pins over like okay it's six pins over for this one okay let me go six pins over and slide it in and you know so it was a little frustrating and yeah this is tiny little you know one tiny little pin basically and one Uh plug for each little pin so you got to make sure you get them in the right spot or and i couldn't figure out some of them like did they go you know, top and bottom for the plus minus or do you, you know, which way do you flip it? It was kind of, it got a little weird there. Um, so I'd say that as far as the difficult parts of plugging things in, that was probably the most difficult, but if it's really strange that you just got to follow this tiny, this tiny little thing that basically is just plugging in the power button and a couple other things like that's the most tedious part of a whole PC build. Uh, but it is so, Right. Well, everything else are these big, bigger, little, bigger components. You know, you got a big, you know, you know, memory card or whatever that you're putting in or a big video card. And then you got these tiny little one little plugs yep. into here and into here. Yeah, uh, that was fun. Uh, yeah. So what's next? Next on my list is speaking of memory, plugging in, right. plug in those memories. Mine. I went with the G Skill Trident Z RGB. What a surprise! <laughs> uh, I did two sticks of 16 gigs uh, DDR4 3200. So 3200, okay. 3200 for mine, uh, and yep, I went with. Uh, I found some that have RGB in them. Uh, no surprise. So what's nice is they don't you know require any extra plugs to get the RGB to work. Um, so it's, it's really nice. It just goes through your motherboard, your motherboard, as long as you've got one that supports the RGB, the motherboard Mm -hmm. will pick it up and recognize it and add it as a component that you can change the colors and everything too. So they just light up on the top. They got a little stick, a little part of the top of the stick that lights up whatever color you want. And, uh, you know, adds a little fun to your, to your build. So I did not go RGB, but, um, this is a place where my, my motherboard actually just has some little uh, LED strips in between each of the memory sticks. So nice. I'm able to just turn on the, the motherboard and it kind of shines through. Uh, but what I went with is is probably the 
it's probably the most standard memory that you're going to find out there. It's just Corsair Vengeance, uh, in my case, the LPX. Uh, there's four 8-gig uh, sticks, so for a grand total of 32. Uh, DDR4, 3,000 megahertz, so it's that, the 3,200. Uh, I think when I was doing mine, uh, I'd have to check to see if my motherboard can handle the 3,200. I suspect it can. But for for what I was looking at, it... I I never want to go to the highest. I guess my my motherboard can handle 3600 plus. So, well there you go. Um but I never want to go with the highest that's out at that time because there's always there's always going to be problems at the newest and highest rated uh graphics. So when we're when we're saying 3600 or 3200 or 3000, that's the megahertz. So that's like the clock speed of that memory. And um you know, it's 3,000 3, is fast. 3,600 is even faster, right? So uh, I just never never really want to go to the highest end uh, on memory. Memory is one of those things where it, it can cause you problems and it can be really hard to diagnose. Uh, you can all of a sudden have memory loss. Your, that memory is one of the biggest things that will cause blue screens of death, uh, especially in home-built PCs. Uh, if all of a sudden you get a bad a bad stick, you know, it's just a bad node on one of your memory sticks. Uh, it could just randomly, your computer will shut down for no reason. Um, so it's, it's definitely one of those things that can be a little finicky. Um, especially when you have multiple sticks. So for me, I have four sticks in there and really your best bet when you're going multiple sticks is to buy, buy them all at the exact same time in the exact same, like from the exact same supplier, like literally go to Amazon and buy four sticks, like the the bundle of four sticks of whatever size, because they should then be in the same like lot batch and same manufacturer. Uh, because if they're if they're not specifically rated to work together, like if you were to just if you were to have two sticks laying around and then went to a different manufacturer and bought a different size and plugged it in, uh, it's probably not going to work. Uh, memories, like I said, it's just one of those things that's really finicky. Um, just, you know, don't, don't be afraid of it, but just buy whatever you're going to use. Just buy the same manufacturer, the same exact stuff. And if you're going to buy four of them, just buy the four pack bundle rather than buying one at a time type of thing. And you should be fine. It's like batteries. You know, you want to use the same brand batteries, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, don't mix a Duracell with an Energizer, you know, in that remote control. Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't know. I never tried it, honestly. <laughs> so it could be like batteries if that's a thing. <laughs> Might be. Might be. Um, yeah. So there you go. There's memory. All right. Well, next on, next on that is uh, storage. And uh, we got a couple options for storage. Yep. For what I I kind of have all three options, honestly. I went kind of with a big group here uh, because of prices and stuff like that. But, you know, we mentioned that uh, M2 slot and yep. the ability to plug that stuff right into the motherboard makes it a lot faster and things like that. So I went and one of the brands you mentioned, saving a couple bucks, went with Crucial. Yep. And my M2 is the MX500, and I got a one terabyte uh, solid-state drive to go plug it into there. And then uh, I also went with... Smart. A crucial brand MX500 one terabyte solid state drive. That's just the regular drive that goes through your SATA. So, 
Yep. Um, I have two of those. Smart. And then I went back and later on, since I knew at some point, especially with gaming, that two terabytes might just not be enough because that doesn't sound like enough. Two whole freaking terabytes, you know, can't still can't play. Uh, you know, well, one of those takes up Red Dead, so that's out. Uh, yeah. I uh, kept an eye on some uh, regular uh, standard kind of hard drives, the regular hard disk drives on Amazon, and just kind of waited for ones to go on sale and ended up finding a Seagate Iron Wolf uh, 6 terabyte hard drive uh, to plug into my SATA. So that one, you know, is, is obviously going to be a little slower because it's not a, a solid state drive, but it's one I can use for just storing other things. So, like, I could keep my games on my one terabyte you know, other one, but then for this is, you know, all my stuff for podcasting and any other multimedia or backups. And I've, you know, a lot of movies or music that I like to download or whatever from that I buy and I'll keep them on there since it doesn't necessarily be a big deal. And, uh, it's nice to have, it's obviously, you know, going to be a little slow. I can't remember the speed on this one. Uh, Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Let's see what the RPMs were. 7,200. Is it seventy two hundred? It is seventy two hundred RPMs. Yes. Yep. So yeah, I got a kind of a mix of different hard drives in here, but um, I tried to do the same thing you did and failed miserably, as having my M two be specifically just my boot drive. And okay. Yeah. Then when I started downloading games off of my Steam account, I didn't realize until it was too late that it was downloading them to that hard drive and not my external well my other internal yeah. solid state drive yeah. <laughs> and it was too late and i'm like i'm not gonna try and it was too late because i started playing them i'm like i'm not gonna bother so yeah 
I moved them after that, but or you know the new ones I downloaded I put on the other one, but I still have a ton already <laughs> on that drive, so no big, not a big deal. But uh, well, and you have a terabyte to use, right? So yeah. your Windows isn't going to take up a terabyte of space. So you, you got no, some. It's room. minimal. It's minimal space that it takes up for a boot, but yeah, uh, st- still it was funny. Like I was purposely tried to do that, and then realized that I failed at it, and. <laughs> all of a sudden it was like oh shit everything's going to that one and now it's like almost full so oh well but now both of those sticks are full so it doesn't matter (laughs) because two terabytes moved up moved pretty quick when you're downloading games um so for me i i have a very similar setup it's just everything's a little smaller because it was a, a year or two before and uh, you know, SSDs are, it's one of those things, it's like memory, it's going down, going down in price pretty constantly. And, you know, a terabyte today costs what, you know, 500 gigs costs, you know, two years ago. So it's, it's one of those things. So for me, I have a 525 gig uh, M- M2 and then a 520 gig or 525 gig uh, solid state uh, internal, but not M2. Um, but then I, I did end up upgrading uh, one, basically just adding a one terabyte SSD later as the prices came down. Uh, and then I have that f- a four terabyte uh, hard drive, so a spinning disk drive. And that's basically my, that's my main kind of where I put all, like, all the pictures of my kid, uh, you know, all of the, you know, stuff that takes up a lot of space, you know, videos, movies, all of that stuff goes onto there because, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at pictures or if I'm watching a movie, the hard drive speed is fine, you know. But when we're talking video games and stuff, no video games go onto that. That's strictly just storage. And the SSDs are where all the video games go. Uh, I guess one thing I can make sure that people know is that there are two different types of M2. Uh, there's the SATA M2, and then there's a PCI Express M2 or PCI M2. And the difference really is, you know, check your motherboard to make sure that it, which ones it can handle. So I think for both of our motherboards, the M2 slot can handle either type of hard drive or SSD. Uh, but what the big difference is, is that when, if you have a SATA uh, SSD, it'll actually probably eat up one of your SATA ports, even though it's an M2. Um, so you might want to check your manual to see what happens there. Like for mine, it, I didn't realize it, but I had gotten, I, I just didn't know enough, but I had gotten a SATA M2 drive, plugged it in, and th- that worked fine. Um, but then I plugged in a SSD to one of the SATA ports, and that thing wasn't working. I was like, what the hell? You know, what's going on? And, you know, into the manual I go, and you realize that, oh, well, that actually just eats up one of the normal SATA ports. It's like, it just reroutes the wires, you know? Hmm. Um, whereas, it, and if you go with the PCI, it, it eats up lanes, right? We were talking about lanes before on how many different things you can plug into the motherboard. And so it's kind of a balance. Uh, the PCI uh, SSDs, I think, are typically faster. Uh, I.O., so ins and outs, uh, read and write. Uh, whereas the SATA, it's not slow by any means, but it's you know just the standard SATA speed. So keep that in mind when you're going for those M2s just to kind of see. Typically, the PCI uh, ones are more expensive uh, because they have better performance. So just another thing to kind of think about when you're doing it. Um, And then also with with any of these, I would say especially with that M2, 
uh, go as big as 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 you can. Uh, it's another case like that uh, CPU kind of with the M2 ones go as big as you can, uh, strictly because it's kind of hard to get to uh, once you once you boot everything into it. Especially if you're using it as your boot drive, you're really not going to be able to change that later unless you somehow with some special software clone it to another drive and then switch it out. Um, I've done that before. It's always scary. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah. go as big as you can on your boot drive. But then for all the other ones, don't worry about it. Just whatever whatever you can afford at that time, whatever makes sense for you, uh, go with that. Because uh, you know, solid states especially and hard drives, storage is always becoming cheaper. Every year you're going to be able to you're going to be mad because the thing I bought last year is now twenty to thirty percent cheaper this year. So uh, just you know, go whatever makes sense for you at the time, and and don't be afraid if you know you're running out of space. I guarantee if you go on Amazon, you'll be like, oh yeah, I can buy the same thing I just bought for you know cheaper now. So oh yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean those that <clears throat> that solid straight uh, terabyte that I bought was a hundred bucks. You know, at the time, one hundred and ten bucks I think at the time. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I mean that's really that's crazy well, to think about how cheap that is. I mean, it sounds you know it's a hundred bucks, but at the time, I mean that's that's pretty cheap for. I mean, a terabyte of data is a lot. So when when did you buy it? Did we just establish that when you when you did yep. this? Uh, I want to say it was November. It was around November twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. So almost exactly a year after I bought mine. And your solid state drive, one terabyte, was one hundred and ten dollars. Yep. My five hundred and twenty-five gig solid state drive was one hundred and forty. Jesus, a year yeah. earlier. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> so you know that That's just crazy. proves my point. Like it's one of those things. Definitely don't waste your money on buying the biggest best thing, especially if you know if you take a price per gigabyte or price per terabyte, whatever it ends up being at the time. Um, don't go with something that's twice as big just because it's twice as big. If it doesn't make sense at a price per terabyte or price per gigabyte standpoint, go with the best value on these things because a month from now it's going to be cheaper. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. All right. The biggest and baddest of them all, the most expensive thing you will put into your (laughs) PC build. And that's the video card. Mm-hmm. Mine, no surprise, is an Asus because I went with that RGB. <laughs> Mine was a GeForce RTX 2080 Super 8 gigabyte Strix Gaming video card, the Advanced. Uh, I they basically went, <laughs> you know, I didn't know much about video cards. This was this was a lot of your help with this. And mm-hmm. obviously went with the Asus because I wanted the RGB. And it obviously went with my motherboard perfectly. So I knew it wasn't going to have any problems there. But, um, you know, of the of the ones we researched, and the, the 2080 Super was uh, obviously one of the best out there at the time and for the price was well mm-hmm. worth the money. And the price was pricey. Um, oh, yeah. I will say it was $1,700, which... A lot of people will go nuts at. I think is that what we? Uh, yeah. Wait the the 
The video card itself was $1,700? That's what the price on here says. I don't remember what I paid for it. No, that's not what you paid for it. That what might be the... what you can pay for it today. That's probably what you paid for it today. What did I pay for it? Are, I don't remember. Are all these prices off of PC Part Picker? Yeah. Those are today's prices. That's not what you paid for so it. What? I know. I Well, I know for sure the for the, like the solid-state drives and stuff like that. That's what I paid for them. I know that. Are you sure? I know I, I bet paid you a... one terabyte SSD today is 100 bucks. Not that's two a... years ago. 110 bucks. That's what I paid for it. I swear to God, I paid 110 bucks for it. Yeah, that seems like a good deal back then. Yeah, I think that's what they cost today. That is that is what I paid for it. Okay. No, I believe you. That's I'm for not sure. arguing with you. I'm just saying I think it's that that maybe that blows our thing out of the water because I think that's what they cost today. I. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think you can get them for 90 bucks, but like the crucial. One terabyte is one hundred twelve dollars. So, let's see. Let's see if I can find it. Stand by, folks. This is important investigative work here. Here it is. Where's my? Uh... There's. I want to buy it again. I want to see my order details. Hey, look at that. Ordered on November nineteenth, twenty nineteen. <laughs> uh. 2019 or 2018? Order placed 2019. So yeah, it's not even that old. 2019. Oh, it's not even a year okay. old. I'll be damned. So you're man. It feels like it's been way longer than that. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so we'll, we'll eventually get this figured out, folks. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, some uh, you know planning ahead of time would have been probably a better idea. But you know, we put this together kind of last minute, honestly. So. We did. Oh, we had some good. dropouts. I paid seven hundred and ninety dollars. That makes more sense for this uh, for this ASUS Strix graphics card. There you go. And look at that. There's my crucial one terabyte M2 for one hundred and seven ninety nine. Yeah. So okay. Well, I mean that that proves the point that they're around the same price now. You know, right about a hundred bucks. So maybe just you know ten bucks cheaper. So th- that might be a 2020 thing, right? I think with, uh, I could oh. probably come up with a ton of reasons why SSDs haven't been coming down over 2020. I'm sure you could too. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's slowed down a bit. So yeah. But at least over two years, it looks like it's halved in price because I paid pretty much the same price for half the capacity. It's still crazy. Hmm. Uh, yep, so there you go. That's mine. Uh, uh, okay, so mine. Ooh. So you said yours are the 2080 Super, right? Mine's the 2080 Super. Yeah. So I have the 1080 Ti. And when I did not buy it at the same time as I built my PC. Uh, at the time, I already had a 970, I think. I'm going to get that wrong. I think it was a 970. Uh, which at the time wasn't wasn't that old of a, a GPU. A GPU. Um, you know, it obviously wasn't the the 10 series, but uh, it was it was rock solid. You know, but um, at the time, at the I was also getting into VR, and the 970 at the time was okay for VR, but it wasn't perfect. Um, and the other thing that was going on around that time was Bitcoin, and anybody who remembers trying to buy a GPU during the bit, the height of Bitcoin uh, can remember that it was terrible. 
because every every Bitcoin miner uh, under the sun was buying up every graphics card they could find because all of a sudden they realized that they could use these graphic cards to mine Bitcoin faster. So uh, that's where I felt, found myself. I was building a PC during the Bitcoin boom, which was a problem. And it wasn't a problem necessarily for the other components, although I'm sure some of them were affected. It was mostly a problem for the GPU. Um, so when I built it, I, I didn't uh, upgrade at the same time as building the rest of the PC. I stuck with the old, older, not, not necessarily old, but older GPU uh, and waited. And tip, really, I waited because the 1080 Ti's at the time that you could actually buy were in that $1,500 range, which was nuts. It just was insane. And in fact, even if you wanted to go for like a 1070 or even just a 1080 uh, non-TI, you were still talking over $1,000. And it's like, that's just, that's just insane for a graphics card. Um, so I waited. I ended up getting on to an NVIDIA. I went to the NVIDIA website, and they were selling Founders Edition. So uh, you know, typically when you buy a graphics card, you're going to buy it from a reseller. So Asus... Uh, uh, Gigabyte, uh, you know, there's a there's a number of them out there that you could buy graphics cards from, and they all typically do something to them, right? So they'll they'll put a different case around the actual PC board. They'll add some cooling. Uh, they might overclock them, um, and we can get into overclocking a little bit if we have to. Uh, I don't I don't think either of us overclock, right? No, Dan. So, um, you know, so I think. They, but typically, out of the box, uh, these these third parties will overclock these CPU or GPUs, excuse me, uh, and sell it to you. Typically, because they're adding their own cooling options and you know can can go up. But uh, at the time, like those were all flying off the shelves and they were super expensive. So I literally just went to the Nvidia website and found out that they were selling them. They were selling Founders Edition, which basically means the the edition you buy directly from nvidia that's all it means uh they're not as uh they're they're definitely not overclocked it's just the base clock speed uh they don't have any fancy rgb they don't have any fancy look it's just like a block of clay you know it's just a gray box basically and it usually just has like one fan in it um but, you know at the time that was all i could find and even then at, at their on their website they were all back ordered and out of stock so I literally just signed up for an email list and lucked out one day where, and I say lucked out, probably not, right? Because I probably, if I waited maybe three more months, I could have got one cheaper. But all of a sudden, one day, I got an email saying, hey, they're back in stock. I very quickly just bought one. at, And because you're buying it directly from the manufacturer, they were selling it at MSRP. So it wasn't, wasn't up priced at all uh, for the time. It was literally just you had to be one of the first ones in to buy it. Uh, I think it was around 700 and. 700 bucks, somewhere around there. So similar price to what you bought your 2080 Super for. Uh, granted, it was two years earlier, um, but it's still, it's a good graphics card. And, you know, I was able to get it during the boom of, of Bitcoin when graphics cards were just not available. They were they were all flying off the shelves. That's crazy. Uh, and I still have it today. So, you know, it's... I'm not. I'm not uh, on the train to go out that and buy it. new was it now? Thirty ninety is the biggest, baddest one now from Nvidia. I mean, with what the, even with what we do gaming wise, I mean the, these <laughs> can obviously get the job done. And like you said, you mm-hmm. do VR and things like that too. And you know that 
GPU can handle virtual reality games and things like that too. So yeah, Mm -hmm. no sense in really going crazy with spending a ton of money, you know, for the biggest and baddest at the time, because these can still get the job done, you know, with more to spare really. Yeah. Yeah. It's really with, with graphics cards, it's one of those things where they come out with new ones every couple of years uh, you know, like I had the 1080 Ti pretty much right after that, right after I bought mine, maybe about a year after-ish, they came out with the 2080s. You ended up buying that, uh, the 2080 Super, which was, you know, the pretty much top of the line in the 2080s. Uh, and then, you know, just recently, within the last, I would say, a couple months, they came out with the 3000 series, right? So the 3080, 3070, um, and, you know, it's just another step up. Uh, it sounds like this is a pretty large step when it comes to graphics cards, but uh, that being said, they come out with them every couple every couple years. Say every two years, there's a new line coming out, and you can literally spend seven eight hundred bucks every two years if you want to buying a new graphics card. Uh, but realistically, you don't need to, right? The the games do not they don't need it, right? Like look at how often uh, consoles come out. Right, every yeah. what seven years, five years, something like five that. Five years minimum. <laughs> so, uh, and you know they're not upgrading the specs while you own it, right? So, right. at the very least, uh, you know five five years at least is probably fine between graphics cards. I would say you know if you're a real enthusiast, you know three years probably would be a minimum. Two or three years would be a minimum, but it, you really don't need to. And and realistically, what you want to do is you want to check. Uh, you know, based on your PC, based on your CPU, uh, what what is actually limiting you when it comes to playing games? Uh, so there's a lot of websites out there that allow you to do this. I'm going to re- try to remember the one that I go to. I'll find it before the time I might stop talking. Um, but there's a lot of websites you can go to where you can just plug in uh, exactly the specs of your machine. So you pick, it's kind of like PC part picker. Uh, you might even be able to upload the PC Parker picker URL. Uh, but otherwise you can just upload the specs of your machine, literally pick them out. And, uh, it, it tells you other people that have your exact same specs, how their machine is performing. So literally it's really nice because you, Dan, have you found it? Userbenchmark.com. Yeah, that's one of them. Is that it? I don't know if Let's that's see. the right one, but that's the one I have. That's the one I have. I was, hope, I was hoping you were going to save me. <laughs> I don't think I have another one. Uh, that might be it. By the time we're done, I'm definitely going to find it. Uh, okay. I think User Benchmark is the one where it just tells you. you can uh, yeah, might, this might be it. And it'll tell you if you're a UFO yeah. or an aircraft carrier. Yeah, this is it. That's the one. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Userbenchmark.com. Uh, I apologize for not having that at the top of my head, but this is a, this it's a it's another really good resource. So uh, it works just like uh, PC Part Picker, where you can go and basically build the machine that you want to build, and anybody else who just so happens to have the exact same build, if they had gone on and ran uh, this user benchmark software on a machine, it basically does like some benchmarking, right? So it goes through the machine it runs a couple tests and it sees how well it handles. Um, and then people can also just, you know, play games and then it shows like how much FPS they're getting. Uh, that's frames per second on different games. 
right? So it what, what's really nice about it is you can make up your build and it'll tell you what's limiting your build, right? It'll say, yeah, you have the best CPU in the world, but your, your GPU is 10 years old. Like that's what's limiting you. Or you have the best GPU in the world, but your CPU is 10 years old and that's what's limiting you. So it really gives you a better understanding of actually what's going on. And realistically, you know, if you, this is why I say buy the best CPU you can, because when you go to upgrade that GPU, uh, you know, maybe when you first buy everything, you're not really limited by either. They're pretty close, but definitely, you know, a couple years down the road, if you don't want to completely change out your whole PC, but you want to get a new GPU, you're probably going to be in the situation where your CPU is actually limiting you. You know, you can have the 3090 uh, best NVIDIA graphics card there is out there, but if you're still using an FX series CPU, like, it's just, you're not going to get anything out of it, right? So, yeah, I mean... Keep keep that in mind. Yeah, if your PC, yeah, certain parts of your PC can't handle, uh, you know, a better graphics card, then doesn't really do you any good, does it? Oh. And, yeah, I think on mine... You know, we when we built mine, we you know I had VR in mind because uh, you know I went over to your house and got hooked on VR immediately because it yeah. was awesome. <laughs> and so we started building this PC, even though I didn't have a VR headset yet. We you know we're thinking of that as well. Like, okay, I'm going to want to put a VR, you know, be able to have a port for VR and be able to you know make sure it works with that too. So you know, kind of kind of think of that as well as you're building it of what you're going to want to use, like you know, most of them are going to have enough inputs, but if you're going to have multiple monitors and things like that, you know, make sure you have enough ports to accommodate as well. So, you know, like mine has two HDMIs and two display ports and a USB-C, I think, on there. Um, So, you know, I use three monitors down here for everything, and then I also have my VR plugged in as well. So, you know, I have just enough, but if I want to be able to, plug it into my big screen if I want to watch and play a game on that instead or whatever, I'm going to have to unplug something or, you know, set up a different, you know, something different or a hub or whatever to make sure it works. So mm-hmm. think about that as well as how many different, you know, maybe monitors or different things you're going to have to plug in uh, when you do that as well. And also, <clears throat> which if you use PC Part Picker, it should tell you, but um, the length I was looking at the length of these yeah. things. Uh, make sure that your motherboard and your case are going to be able to support that length of whatever mm-hmm. video card you get because it may not fit. Uh, so, you know, obviously mine was pretty easy because it was, you know, Asus. You know, I tried to keep the same, you know, thing together. So, uh, they're the same manufacturer and everything. So I, I kept it all pretty similar. But if you're picking random different kind of components make sure that that it's actually going to fit in your build for a big time especially the length right that that's a huge one uh and that's really going to be dictated based on the case you pick um because a lot of these gpus like you said are coming out and they're just getting longer and longer they're getting bigger and bigger and your case is definitely going to be the limiting factor in those things so uh yeah. and actually a lot of them now you know you have that pci express port is only so long uh so the longer that these gpus are getting it, you're even getting into a case now where you have to add in extra supports just to just to actually hold the thing up yeah. because there's just not enough to hold it up and and really i don't think it's not there's not enough it's just there might be some vibration in there that might get annoying right so 
it's they're just getting nuts <laughs> you know yeah. it's like i i can really i literally can't wait until like i think actually it was in the 3090 was like this oh man now i can't remember but till they come out with three or four bay length or width ones right where rather than just taking up a single pci uh 16 pin they take up two of them uh you know I, i'm i'm sure that's coming i not wouldn't be i mean i I would imagine that it would. I mean, we mentioned earlier, you know, the video card itself is basically overlapping one of the other PCI slots, so you can't use it anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, why not the video card take advantage of both slots? Then, I mean, what's... (laughs) Mine as well. You can't use that slot anyway because that video card's too wide. So what does it matter? Yep. (laughs) I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. All right. Well, before we talk case, we'll save that for last, even though that's next on the list. We'll go with the other one and the power supply, the last component generally that you will need. And I went with the Thermaltake Tough Power Grand, what a surprise, RGB, (laughs) 850-watt, 80-plus gold, and it keeps on going, certified fully modular ATX power supply. Yep. Uh, Upgraded to the 850 (laughs) Uh, based on your suggestion, uh, because of all the, you know, what you were going to need uh, to power all of this stuff. And obviously went with the RGB because, again, I could add fancy colors, uh, even though you can't really see the color because it shoots down into the ground. <laughs> so it's basically worthless. <laughs> you should have picked a better case, man. Uh, yeah, I guess I should. I didn't think about it. I did not think about it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, mean, I got it on a rolly cart, you know, but you still can't see the thing. <laughs> uh, it's definitely one of those things. Uh, power supply. So the power supply location is going to be based on your case. Uh, so a lot of, well, I would say a lot of gaming cases, the, the power supply is on the bottom. So really in the bottom back. Uh, and that's where a lot of them are. But, you know, with some of these new cases nowadays, you know, there's all there's a lot of them that are on the top as well or some that are kind of on the, the back side of where the motherboard is. Some of them have a completely separate uh, extra little area back there, uh, which can really help with for the cord management uh, and also give a little more room to your power supply to maybe incru- improve cooling. Um, but uh, really what what the options for power supply are – Number of watts, so you said 850, uh, mine's the same. So mine is the Corsair TX850M, and I believe the M stands for modular. Uh, That's the other kind of consideration when you come into power supplies is uh, basically they all come with all the cords that you're really going to need, but some of them come with just a big cable coming out the back of the power supply and it just strands out into all of the different, different, you know, different cords you're going to need, different plugins you're going to need. Whereas others, and this is what's referred to as modular, is where they don't. It's not just a built-in cable that comes out the back. There's actually ports on the back, and then you get cables like loose cables to then go and route around. Uh, and really, it's it's personal preference on what you want to go with. Um, you know, obviously, if you have a big cable coming out the back, and you're not going to use all of those those uh, cords you're going to have a bunch of extra cords laying around that you don't really know what to do with and you can't take them out because they're hardwired in um 
Whereas if it's modular, you can kind of unplug those and just take them out of the box altogether. So that's probably the main consideration on, and it's again, personal preference on, you know, it might be price consideration. I'm not sure if one is net generally cheaper than the other, but um, realistically, I think if you buy, if you can find a good deal on, you know, a higher power, power supply, a 850 up to a thousand, I think right now is probably appropriate for a long-term power supply where, you know, anything over that is definitely overkill. Uh, you can probably get away in most cases with a 500. Uh, be careful. It really depends on the graphics card and the CPU you use and how much power that's actually going to be pulling. Uh, use PC Part Picker. It will calculate all of that. So it'll tell you, like, based on all the parts you pull, you pick, um, it'll tell you how much power supply you should go with. And I would recommend whatever their number is, add 25% to that and don't go any less than that, uh, just in case. Uh, but realistically, you know, if you're sitting in that 850 to 1,000 uh, watt range, I think you'll probably be happy. And unless you're running three GPUs and two CPUs, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> so uh, stay in that range, you should be happy. Yeah. And also, I think this, this 850 I have, I, I think I bought it for two computers ago, and I still have it. So as long as you get a nice one, that um, should last a long time. You know, it's definitely one of those things when it goes, you know, like your computer just stops and stops. It doesn't work anymore. So it's kind of, it's, a, it's a pretty easy one to diagnose if it does go out. Uh, so, yeah, go with it. Is that, uh, is that generally like your almost like your fuse box? Like when you plug in too many things to an outlet and it can't handle yeah. it, that it's going to gonna, it's gonna pop and it's not going to work. It's going to start shut down. So you want to yeah, make sure I mean, you have enough. I, I think I don't know if it's. Like if all of your components are trying to draw more power than your power supply can give, your computer's probably going to shut down, right? Because your motherboard should be smart enough to do the power management and understand that, hey, I don't have enough power to run this stuff. I'm just going to shut down before I burn anything up. Uh, so that'd really be a telltale sign. Like if your computer, you won't even get a blow screen. Like your computer will just shut down uh, and be done. So that's that's kind of a good way to diagnose it if it's a power supply thing. Uh, and obviously if it doesn't turn on, like literally when you hit the power button, if no lights go on, nothing even starts, no fans spin up, it's probably a power supply. If at least if lights spin up, if lights turn on and fans spin up and it just doesn't post, that's something you did, <laughs> you know, like something you didn't plug in, right? Something's not working right. It's another component. It's probably not the power supply at that point. So. Very nice. Uh, generally, that's pretty much all the components that you need to go to get started. Um, the last thing we have to talk about is that fancy case that you store all that fun stuff in. Mine, yeah. my case is an FSP Group CMT520 ATX. Uh, probably doesn't mean anything to anybody, and it doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> FPS or FSP was the brand, uh, but it's a mid tower case. Um, you know, I obviously had looked at um, all my components, and you know, PC Part Picker certainly helps. So, you know, you got to make sure you have a case that's going to be able to be big enough to hold everything, and you know, then it just depends on how big you want to go. Do you want you know a lot of space in there for you know? your fans maybe to cool it down a little better or do you want something as compact as you can get so <clears throat> i went with the mid tower which was basically just big enough to house everything that i wanted uh, without getting too overkill in far as size uh, 
and it has you know the three built-in fans in the front and it has one fan in the back uh, to help with the cpu so i liked i i kind of went for aesthetic really at, at that point I, I knew i wanted to go mid tower because i knew that was going to fit everything and then it was more at that point aesthetic of how the you know we mentioned the header how the front of the pc looks where the power button is and is there extra usb ports you know that i can use and this one has you know a nice little front you know kind of 45 degree angled right at the top that houses your power button and your four extra usb ports two 3.0s and two standards uh so it's really nice for what i wanted because then i can plug in you know, if I want to plug in a, a controller into the right into the front, I don't have to worry about messing around in the back with my USB ports. And uh, I charge my headset, you know, in the front there. I don't have to worry about doing that. And I can have all that in the front. And it has a nice uh, clear glass side so that I can see all my fancy colors, all my RGBs that I put in there. And on the other side, it's just kind of a black cover where you can run a lot of those cables, those extra cables that you might have um, where they don't fit, you know, somewhere else or, you know, those ones that are the SATAs and stuff that'll go towards those hard drives that are kind of underneath. Because on this one, the hard drives are in the front and the bottom. And then the power supply is in the bottom as well. Um, and what's nice, I like about this one, is that there's kind of a cover to the bottom so that all those excess cable lines, all you know, all the you know, stuff you can kind of store down there and you don't see it running around on the inside where you have all your RGB lights going and everything. You only see the cables that are obviously plugged into things, but the rest of the excess, you know, line can all be kind of hidden underneath. So you don't really see that when you're, you know, you have your RGB lights going. So it's kind of nice. I, I really like that. I like the style. And I mean, far as, you know, overheating or anything, I don't have a problem with that i you know i do check you know my there's a apps you can use and stuff like that check core temperatures and uh, fan wise i don't hear my fans so uh, we have i have the three in the front i have the one for the you know, pc cooler i have the one in the back and then the one on the power supply and that does a pretty good job and the top of this case has is you know vented uh the front has on the sides have some vents and the back is obviously is vented as well so I gets plenty of air in there and uh, it's a really nice case and can show off everything that I want. Yeah. Uh, mine is a Corsair vengeance C70. Um, it's a mid mid tower case. Uh, and basically it, the reason I got it is aesthetics as well, but it's literally just a black box. Um, it's a mid tower case. So that, typical style but it is pretty pretty uh sleek it does have a plexiglass side so you can kind of see in and see the components i think that is kind of nice especially with the orange lights that i do have in there uh but otherwise my the main selling point was that it has these really big like buckles on the side that that actually hold the side uh piece on uh, and it's on both sides so it it kind of looks military a little bit it, it almost looks like an ammo box kind of uh so i really like that aesthetic uh it looks pretty industrial um but at the same time you know it has the little rgb the orange glow coming from inside 
Um, and it's it's pretty open on the inside. So I think it you know it ha- obviously has the different bays at the front for the hard drives, and it does have spaces for uh, actually like DVD drives and CD drives. But um, you know nothing huge on fans, just a, a bunch of 120 millimeter fans running around to direct air. Uh, the kind of the system I go with is in uh, at the bottom and front, out at the top and back. So that's how I have them all set up. It kind of pulls in. Uh, so from the front comes across the SSDs. Those things don't cool, uh, heat up that much, so they don't need a ton of cooling, but they just happen to be there. Uh, but I have fans on either sides of them. So I have a fan right, fans right in the front pulling air in, uh, but then there's another bank of fans right behind the SSDs to kind of boost the air in to actually push the air across uh, the hotter components. So the CPU, the GPU, power supply, those things. Uh, And obviously another fan coming in from the bottom. Uh, And then the big CPU cooler sitting right in the center, uh, pushing air towards the back. And then there's three exhaust fans. Uh, And that is important, actually, the thing to note uh, when when you're putting fans in here. Count up your exhaust fans and count up your intake fans and make them pretty close to the same. So I have three intake fans and I have three exhaust fans uh, that are all the same size, all the same fans, 120 millimeter. And that just, it, it helps to keep things balanced like that. So if you, you don't necessarily, this isn't a, a rule. If you have, you know, more fans coming in than going out, that's not going to kill the thing. Uh, but it just seems to work a little bit better when you do balance that out. Uh, so keep that in mind when you're when you're picking picking your case and picking your fans and picking how many fans you're going to do uh so for that very reason i don't have any fans coming in the side uh like the there are some holes in the glass so you can mount a fan right on the glass and pull it in through uh i didn't do that just because i already have three coming in and three going out so why do i need any extra um so really those those the holes there are just for any potential misbalance of, you know, maybe fan speed or something where you do have extra coming in or going out, they can kind of go in and out through there. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's my case. It's the IO in the front is pretty simple Two USB threes, uh, and the headphone and microphone jack, uh, to keep with the military theme, it has a kind of a to- not a toggle switch, but you actually have to like flip up a switch and then hit the power button. Like there's a cover on it. Oh, neat. So I think so that, could launch that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, well, the reason I really like it is it's really hard to just hit by accident because <laughs> you, you have to actually flip up the little cover to actually hit it. So that's pretty nice. But, yeah. That's what I that's what I got. Yeah, I think you actually brought up a point I didn't, I didn't talk about in mine uh, that I, you know, you mentioned being able to add like a DVD player or things like that. Um, if that's yeah. something you're going to want too, that's going to you know change what you're going to look at for cases as well. Because mine, you can't. It doesn't have sure. an option to put in, you know, an internal DVD player or anything like that. So <clears throat> that's something to also think about if that's something you're going to want. And like for mine, what's what I kind of like is the all the SATA drives are hidden. So you can't, you know, they're they're on the other side of the computer. So like the glass case, you can't see where they are. They're hidden behind, you know, at the bottom behind everything. So you don't see your hard drives at all. So they're plugged in on the other side, which is kind of cool. And they don't take up space inside the unit. So, yeah, it is, it is a little more open that way for mine, which is nice. Yeah. But then um, my top 
has the option to add those fans you know you mentioned adding extra fans and stuff like that like i only have the one in the back outputting i should you know maybe i should have two more you know pu- pushing stuff out you know maybe towards the top um but it is it is very ventilated on the top it's all kind of open so it that helps you know it's not completely enclosed so that'll certainly help keep it cool too even without having the fan um <clears throat> and of course one of the other reasons i went with this is because it is compatible with Asus and its RGB <laughs> colors. So you can press a button and it'll automatically link the three fans in the front and the one in the back to the color scheme that you're working with on your computer. So I can have all my fancy green and blues going and it'll sync up with everything else so that it, you know, you, you don't have to worry about trying to set two different rgbs or anything because your case is dealing with you know the button on there and that's it and the rest of your components are hooked up to that asus or whatever you know you may be using so that was kind of nice too and kind of what leaned me as i was looking at like kind of two different ones this is what that kind of pushed it over the edge to me for me to use this one (laughs) and it had the extra usb ports in the front like i said i kind of sacrificed that on the motherboard by losing a couple usb ports I gained them back, you know, with this because I have four in the right. front now. So, you know, you get a couple extra. So, you know, if you're looking at wanting extra USB ports or anything like that, you know, certainly keep that in mind too, that you can gain some back based on, you know, the case you may get. Yeah. And, you know, I just talking about balancing out the fans. I think the real reason that I think I like to do that is, uh, probably with my engineering background, just trying to balance out pressure differentials and everything. Um, You know, this is going to sound hyperbole and it probably is, but so if you, let's say you had too many exhaust fans, right. And not enough blowing air in, um, in the, the, this is going to sound crazy, but in the absolute worst case scenario, you could pull a vacuum, right? So if everything else was blocked off and you had fans exhausting, uh, you could have a vacuum and that's, Obviously, you're never going to get to a vacuum, right? Because these cases are full of holes. So there's plenty of room for air to come in. Um, So that's not actually going to happen. But uh, what can happen is you can have a negative pressure scenario inside of your case. And negative pressure is bad, uh, specifically because any negative pressure is going to cause all the dust and everything in your air to want to accumulate there. Because uh, there's nothing really blowing it out. It's a it's a negative pressure. So really, that space is wanting to pull all of that stuff in, um, because you're creating this negative pressure in there. Same thing can happen in in your house. Like if you have, if you're a big cook and you have a really big exhaust fan on your, um, you know, above your stove, uh, and it's blowing a ton of air out, your your house can become negative pressurized, and now it's just pulling a lot of that outside air in, right? Um, so that's basically what can happen in that case. But then the same thing, if you have too many fans pulling in, you end up with a positive pressure, uh, which helps you with dust, right? You're not going to have as much dust release, uh, but it can uh, reduce your airflow, right? So you might not have as much air flowing over your components as you would want. So like I said, this is this is there's definitely a little bit of science to it, and it's not, uh, at the same time, I don't think it's necessary, but that's why I push for it. So, but I think your I think yours will be fine with the one exhaust fan. It's not you're not gonna have a problem. Seems to be working okay. <laughs> I haven't had a problem I was yet. Just trying, I was just trying to throw in the science of what I'm <laughs> what I'm thinking there, but it's probably it's one science of gobbledygook. So, 
No, no, that's good. Uh, one last thing before I, I kind of forgot about it here that we need to talk about, and that's the monitor that we have plugged in. Uh, yeah. That, and then we can call it a day, I think, after that one. But had to mention yeah. the monitor before we forget because certainly a ton of options out there. <clears throat> the one Too many. I the one I got, uh, the reason I bought it basically is because I found it. I have just stumbled upon it um, that it was on like a super sale. And I got I, I honestly can't tell you how much I paid for it. I can't even remember. Uh, but it was such a good deal. I didn't want to pass it up. But it's a Viotech. And the model is a GN34C. It's a 34-inch. Uh, it's a curved monitor, which is something I, I wanted. I, I like the curved monitors. I thought they were really cool. And it's a kind of a widescreen style, so it's the three thirty four forty by fourteen forty style, and okay. it's a it's a hundred hertz one. Um, oh, so I don't know. It works really well. I, I I haven't come across any problems with it. I'd say there's maybe ones. I know there's some that probably color wise might be better. Um, this one seems like some of the colors don't pop as much as some of the other better monitors. Um, like I said, I got this one on a really good deal, really good sale. So, um, you know, it's 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 still very good, uh, and you know, price wise was definitely well worth the price. Um, I do probably think that if you went, you know, you could get something higher end that gives you a little bit better uh, with colors, because um, I do see that kind of being an issue when I play some certain games that colors just aren't the same. Like when I play it on my big screen, the color is way different. Uh, than the colors I see on the screen, uh, my monitor. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think about that, I guess, when you're looking at them. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't have any problems with these. I, I like it. I got a couple other monitors that I use for podcasting-wise, not necessarily for gaming. So we don't have to go into those details. But this is the main one that I use for all my gaming and stuff like that. That's uh that's how the, that's a pro gamer move to have one fancy monitor and then a bunch of crappy ones all around it. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not crappy. I wouldn't say they're crappy, but you know. No, you know what I mean. It's, it's definitely like not uh, yeah. <laughs> you have one good one and then the other ones are not as good, right? Yeah. The other um, ones are meant and, for the extra stuff. Yeah. So I'm in the I'm in the exact situation, same situation. So I have a 32-inch uh they call it quad hd but it's the it's basically the step between 1080p and 4k uh the 2560 by 1440 uh it's a lg uh 32gk 850 f-b uh so it's a it's a radeon free sync monitor um it's 144 hertz and it's hdr so i the colors for me on this one are fantastic um nice. You know, it, you can do HDR. Uh, the main problem with the HDR is Windows really doesn't like it. So if you leave the HDR mode on, uh, Windows looks like just terrible. <laughs> but as soon as you go into a game, like your monitor just goes dark for a second and comes back on. And it's like the most vibrant colors you've ever seen. So it, that that thing is pretty cool. Uh, the 144 hertz is obviously nice. I like that. Um, it is, it's not 4k, but that's fine. Like I have a 1080 TI. I'm not, I'm not set up for 4k gaming anyway. Right. I think, uh, really, if you were talking 4k gaming, that really has, you know, the 2080 that you have then is probably the bottom end for 4k gaming. Uh, and really the 3000 series that's just come out. Uh, if you're really looking for 4k gaming, that's probably where you want to be. 
Um, but for, for me, the 2560 by 1440, so that kind of in-between step is perfect. Uh, I can still get, you know, the 100 and 120 or 140 hertz on most games at Ultra with my 1080 Ti. So uh, it's, you know, it's exactly where I want to be. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I really like it. I also got mine on a super sale, a super sale. It was a Black Friday deal at Costco of all places. Nice. Uh, half off. Uh, it was, it was crazy. It was one of those things where I knew it was coming. It was uh cyber style, right? So I was on the internet trying to buy it and like the website kept telling me it was out of stock. And then all of a sudden the button would, button would appear. I click it and then it wouldn't go anywhere oh, and it geez. would just stop. And then it would go away and then it would say out of stock again. And all of a sudden the button would appear and I'd click it. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know, I must've clicked it just the right way one time and was able to order it and it actually got to me. Um, but yeah, that was it was a steal at uh, half price, so uh, I couldn't walk away from it. And it's fantastic, so I really like it, and I, I can recommend it to anybody as long, especially if you can get it on a steal. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of the thing I would say. Like for when it comes to monitors, you know, if you find find one you like or whatever that you want to go for and kind of keep it. Just wait for a big sale. Wait for a good sale. They'll they'll come around and you'll find something that's really good. That's uh, you know, like I said, Black Friday deal or or something mm-hmm. going on because that's the you know the reason I bought this one at the time you know was just was a really good sale and I didn't want to pass it up you know looking back at it I probably would have gotten a different one because I you know like I said color wise yeah you know but maybe at the at the time it was probably really good but now they obviously yeah. have better ones and you know they're always going to be better ones coming out so um you know I can't I'm not going to knock myself for buying it because it was still really good I just you know I maybe would have waited for another better deal for something else. Eh, I, don't hey. I don't know, but I don't, you I, know, I still like this. I still like the monitor. I have no problems with the monitor. Um, so I, I say I can't complain, but here I am complaining. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You can, you can sit and wait your whole life and never buy anything. Right. So, right. Uh, it's eventually you just have to well. jump on it and, and do it. I would and just say so don't think... skimp. You know, don't, don't, you know, find one you want that has the, you know, everything you're going to want for it. And then just kind of keep an eye out, you know, pick a, get a handful of options and then wait for a good sale or something. Cause they all go, they go on sale all the time. And if you find a really, yep. really good sale, that's the time to really jump on it. You know, same thing you did. Yep. Uh, and I guess the recommendation I can make is that uh, go to Amazon and Go to a website called Camel, Camel, Camel. Dan, have you heard of this? Yes, sir. Okay. So Camel, Camel, Camel is a website where you can take any Amazon link and just paste it into their website, and they'll give you the price history for that item. So that's pretty useful because you can see if it, you know, if it's currently at a low price or high price in the history. Uh, but what you can also do is you can utilize that information to say, you know what, I know it can get down to whatever X number is, and you can set a price alert. So you just give them your email address, you set a price at which you want to be notified, and they will notify you. Uh, I've used it a ton of times, and I even still have alerts that are constantly looking at things. And uh, you know, I I do a lot of smart home stuff, so I do a lot of like smart uh, light switches and things. And those things can be very expensive, but they also go on sale very often. And I, I have a constant alert set up so that if they ever get to a certain price point, I go and buy one or two more. And then, 
wait and then they'll get to that price point again you know six months later and i'll buy a couple more so it's uh damn it that's you know, a it's idea. a great way huh i said damn it that's a good idea <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i can't recommend that enough camel 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 uh if you've never used it before definitely check it out it's a great way to keep track of amazon pricing and be notified when items get down to the price that you actually want them to be at so nice pro oh. tip that is a good tip. That is a good tip. And then I, you know, didn't even think about it for things like that. Cause that's a really good idea. Cause I, you know, as I'm setting up my winter residence, uh, up in yeah. the dining room slash now office that I'm looking <laughs> at getting different switches to plug, put in there and, you know, setting up all stuff in there. So it's, you know, I got to buy a few, few new things. So it'd be good to have on there to just go, okay, well, it's not an urgency, but when, you know, a sale pops up or whatever, I can have it alert me and go, okay, I'll buy a couple. Cause I do the same thing with like upgrading my switches to smart switches and things like that. I've done that with the basement and slowly doing that upstairs as well. So that's, you know, having that out there to just alert you, Hey, there's a sale, you know, yep. go grab one, you know, whatever. And you can slowly work your way to getting what you want. Yep. I think I, I think I only have maybe maybe five or six light switches left in the whole house to that I actually want to change out to get to. So I'm getting nice. pretty close. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I was, I did most of the ones I wanted to, but I had not really done anything with the dining room cause we never used the room really. And that was basically where the cats eat and, uh, <laughs> you know, we never used the dining room. So it was like, ah, eh, no big deal. Like you saw the paint, you know, the paint was still the original paint that somebody yeah. did on the ceiling and things like that. And it's like, Oh, now I actually have to do things in this room. So it's like, okay, I got to, you know, repaint, change the light switch, uh, change the uh, light fixture. And, you know, so now it's like, yeah, I'm going, I'm back on the list of putting those things back up there that I need to get. So yeah, that, that website may be in my uh, near future. Yeah. It's a good one. Well, that's it. That's our list. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, I would say thoughts, you know, there's, there's definitely other accessories that we could talk about, you know, Wi-Fi cards, sound cards, things like that. But really it's going to be, you know, personal preference. You know, if you can like for Wi-Fi, if you can find a uh, Wi-Fi integrated uh, motherboard, you know, go for that. Um, be careful because Wi-Fi standards change like literally every six months. So keep that in mind. But um you know, Wi-Fi is what it is, so you can kind of go with it. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, I guess big things to be worried about when you're actually building the CPU would be uh, make sure that you apply the correct amount of thermal paste to your CPU when you put mm. your cooler on. Uh, I recommend this the is, sheet. This, <laughs> this is not a uh, – yeah, that's right. So, Dan, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Uh, so – we, you know, like you mentioned, there's, you know, when you're putting your cooler on top of your, uh, uh, your processor there, you're supposed to add in some thermal paste, you know, obviously to help with the, you know, the air and everything like that uh, in between. So, uh, there can be a lot of issues with that of either putting too much or too little out of paste on there. Um, and that'll, can cause some overheating or some da you know, potential damage to the processor or everything like that. So you always got to be careful to put the right amount. However, uh, I had found these uh, basically little sheets that you can put in there that take the place of the thermal paste and you can cut them to the right size or, you know, 
some of them are sized correctly, but most of them are going to be sized a specific way, and you just got to cut them to fit whatever you know uh, cooler and, and processor you have. So um, you may have to do a little bit of you know take a scissors to it or whatever, no big deal. But um, you could put this little you know sheet in there and just put it right on top of that, and problem solved. And that's what I did and saved me a whole bunch of trouble because I did not want to go through dealing with that. And I haven't had a problem using that. So it's such a convenience thing. That's so great. You know, typically they say, you know, if you don't have that option, typically it's about the size of a piece of rice right in the center of your CPU. That's going to feel like it's not enough, but don't worry. Because once you clamp down that CPU cooler, it will apply plenty of force uh, to that little bead of rice and spread it out over the entire thing, or at least much of it. Uh, this is not a paint job. Like You don't want to spread it over the entire thing. That's way too much, and it's going to spill out the sides and potentially cause issues like Dan was talking about. Um, but, man, is it such a convenient thing if you have those little sheets. So uh, they're the inno- uh, one I bought were Innovation Brand Cooling Graphite Thermal Pad. 13 bucks on Amazon uh, for one of them, but that's all you need. And I mean, yeah, all sorts of trouble saved by using this thing. Um, I guess the other trick is make sure that you take the plastic off the, the PC cooler or the CPU cooler. I've seen a lot of people <laughs> do that. You know, they usually ship it. It's usually a polished or fairly polished surface that it, that you're actually, bolting up to the cpu so the bottom of those heat pipes are pretty you know polished flat and a lot of times for shipping they'll put a piece of you know you've seen it on pretty much any electronic you've ever bought they have that like either blue or clear plastic uh, printer ink on there huh like your your printer ink yeah yeah yeah, kind of like yeah uh and make sure you take that off because uh, just like you're using thermal paste to get the air out of the way between those two things, uh, plastic is not a good (laughs) thermal conductor either. So uh, take that plastic out of there before you bolt those two together. That would be another good thing. Um, (laughs) It's not going to survive 100 degrees, is it? Probably not. It's not going to work. Another pro tip would be to uh, one of the first things that you should install is your power supply. And actually plug it in. And that's going to sound kind of counterintuitive. um, But make sure you plug it into a grounded outlet. Install your power supply. And and actually screw it to the case and plug it in. Uh, Because what that does is it creates a path to ground if there is any electric shock that comes from you actually manhandling the parts inside. Uh, So you're, you know... Typically what you want to do, like if, if you were going to be very, uh, very cautious with it, you might even get uh, ESD bracelets. So that would be a good search term if you were looking for this. Uh, ESD, uh, electrostatic shock discharge, discharge yeah. I think. So um, you can get bracelets that allow you and even things that go in your shoes that make sure you're grounded so that you're not going to accidentally yeah. uh, have a static shock to any of your components because... Uh, the fastest way you can kill any PC component is give it a little extra juice when it's not expecting it. So, uh, yeah. you know, putting in your power supply first and actually plugging the thing into ground, as long as you're touching the case, uh, you're grounded at that point. So, 
uh, that's not a bad uh, solution to a lot of these problems is at least you have something that you can, you know, if you're touching the case while you're touching all of these other things, at least you're grounded and that should limit those things. So yeah. another tip. Yeah. Don't build it on your carpeted floor for sure. Yeah. Cause that's a bad idea. So yeah. Uh, but I think that's it. I think that's all I got. Sweet. Oh, well, that was fun. I got to relive my my build and uh, yeah, know that I still have a good PC even one year later, which is crazy. I thought it was longer. It just feels like it's been so much longer. But man, it was this year when I bought my VR headset, got a yeah. VR. <laughs> That's crazy. Like twenty twenty, man. Yeah. it's been at least five years. <laughs> yeah, it's just what it feels like, man. That's crazy. Wow, it's been a uh... it's been a long journey. I don't know. It's funny for me. I I guess I didn't realize it was as long ago as it was because I think uh, in the past I was one that you know every three or four years I was starting to get the itch to build one again. And you know I'm sitting at three years and there's nothing really pushing me to build a new one. And I think maybe it just just is a fact of you know I probably was in a better place in my life to put maybe more you know higher end components in it where I didn't need don't feel the need now after three years to upgrade, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's, it is what it is here. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, like you said, a lot of things, you know, are, you know, the prices go way down and then things get better, faster, you know, within six months, things can be obsolete almost. Uh, but Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, nowadays it doesn't, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as it used to be where, you know, in six months it's like, well, I have to get a new laptop, you know, this thing's a piece of junk, but (laughs) Like yeah. if we are PCs, you know, like I said, we, you know, we have those M2s built in, you know, cards that if your PC is still starting up fast and it's still performing and it's, you know, you can still play all the games you want or whatever your, whatever your heart desires for what you built your PC for, if it's still doing everything and you don't see a lag or any type of slowdown, then, you know, it's doesn't seem like a need to upgrade anything at this point, you know, like. I know mine's only a year old, you know, yours is three. So mm-hmm. there may be some differences there, but like I haven't seen any slowdown in performance or any reason why like I'd feel concerned about my PC or anything like that, which is pretty good. The only thing I might need is more memory <laughs> or stop downloading games. So more storage space. Yeah. More st- memory, not memory. Yeah. Storage space. Sorry. <laughs> not memory. Yeah. No, man, I, I'm in the same boat. I got, so I have those two 500 gig SSDs and a terabyte SSD, and they are all in the red. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's it's definitely, uh, you know, it's it's real out there. These games, man, it, like, uh, I don't know, Microsoft Type Flight Simulator is something like 150 gigs by itself. <sighs> uh, you know, and it, it seems like 90 gigs is not, is not out of the question for just any any video game that's come out in the last you know year or two. So it's it's a it's a rough a one out there. It can be a burden on your hard drives there. Yeah, mine are. I got two hundred ten gigs free of one of mine and one hundred and eighty six gigs free of the other. But that six terabytes got a lot of space still. Uh, so well, yeah. But that's not any of my games. That's more of my all my recordings for our podcasts and all, uh, you know, sound clips and audio and video and whatever else is kind of just goes on that one. So 
I uh, on my one terabyte SSD, I have 55 gigs left. Sweet. <laughs> and then on my 525 gig, I have 45 gigs left. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> I I literally can't fit a game on either no. of those. No, you, you, know, start, it's, you have to delete a game to play it to download the new one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. It's tough. It's tough. Such a hard life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess we can get out of here. We, you know, we, were, we, we said it was going to be a quick episode, but here we are two hours later. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're still going. It's all relative. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I'm gonna call Greg and tell him uh, we're not. I'm not dropping this thing at eight in the morning. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Greg. We're gonna get a later. We're gonna get a later time. I think later slot time for this one. That's what's happening. I'm not staying. So up. look uh, look forward to this coming out at nine a- nine a.m. tomorrow morning, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I don't want to stay up. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think everyone can wait an extra couple hours. It'll be okay. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We'll push something else. They're not important anyway. But <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's not right. true. Everybody's important on the chairshot.com, which of course where you can find us uh, in the entertainment section, of course, uh, along with our sports and everything else, nerds, bandwagon nerds, and sports, the three man weave, and the old five rounds podcast as well, uh, as well as all of your wrestling information. Uh, reviews, news, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Don't forget to go to ProWrestlingTees.com as well, slash the chair shot, and get yourself a fancy new t-shirt. Um, you know, we got, oh, nope, not wearing one today. I don't think I am either. Oh. Nope, I'm wearing my Tableau shirt. So <laughs> Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we got some of Winners U t-shirts there. Got Bandwagon Nerds t-shirts and, of course, all sorts of different chair shot t-shirts. Make sure you go check that out and support your favorite podcasts from thechairshot.com. You can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at a winner is you, the letter U, a winner is you. And I believe with that, we can uh, we can call it a day. Get the hell out of here. So you've been listening to a winner is you on thechairshot.com where we always remind you that it's dangerous to game alone. Take us. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.